This podcast contains strong language. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to We're Not Over Six Feet Under, the podcast where we talk about the aughts most morose TV show about a Gen Xer and a funeral home and mortality and stuff, episode by episode, spoiler free. I'm your host, Caroline McGraw. I'm a playwright and screenwriter. And I'm your other host, Jenna Shearer. I'm a writer, editor, and pop culture critic. Today, we are excited to welcome Anita Flores to the show. Anita is a comedian and writer who has appeared in videos for BuzzFeed, Univision, and Pride.com. She has a podcast called I'm Listening, where she explores different themes and pivotal moments from the show Frasier with a new guest each episode. And she's also my roommate. Hi, Anita. Hey, I never thought we would, um, years later, each have a podcast. I know, right? I would be on this podcast. Yeah, What's going on in this apartment? It's crazy. <laughs> it's just a really TV-rich apartment. Yeah, it's full of creativity. Yeah. Well, and I have to say, like, you doing your Frasier podcast inspired me to like, actually kind of get my ass in gear to do this podcast. So thank oh, you. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. This week, we are talking about season one, episode six, The Room, which originally aired on July 8th. 2001. This episode was written by Alan Ball and Christian Taylor and directed by Rodrigo Garcia, who I love. He directed Albert Knobs, apparently. Oh, well, I didn't know that. <laughs> um, and oh, he did like a series of Glenn Close movies. Well, basically. he did this movie that I love called Nine Lives. It's different segments of nine women's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and it uh, Amy Brenneman is in it. And I'm obsessed with her. Judging Amy? Yeah, Judging Amy is in it. I'm a fan of Rodrigo Garcia's work. Apparently, he also worked on In Treatment, which is a show that I did not really I never see that. ever get into. Mm-hmm. Um, Anita, mm-hmm. what is your relationship with Six Feet Under? I personally feel it's a very special relationship. I'm sure everyone says that. Um, but the first episode I ever saw, I was 17, and it was the finale. And I happened, That's right. and I happened to see it because I was at my friend's house, and his mom was watching it. Oh wow! So then we watched it, even though I'd never seen it. I still felt kind, like emotional at the end, even though I was not connected to these characters at all. And then, like three years ago, uh, I was recovering from surgery. And I, all I could really do for like 10 weeks was like watch TV. Mm-hmm. So I fully like, like with, with um, the uh, recommendations of Jenna, like I watched all of Veronica Mars. It was amazing. And then I watched Six Feet Under all the way through. Oh, wow. And then, oh man, watching the, the series finale the second time was like, whew, waterworks it was like i was at a funeral it was crazy i, I knew i knew you needed some high grade distraction at the oh time, yeah. So. yeah 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 i feel like i know anecdotally like a few people who like their first or second time seeing the show was the finale yeah that's why which is so crazy yeah it's got to be one of the best series finales i would say time. i mean we're a spoiler free podcast but i oh, would say it is the best series finale of all time So uh, IMDb, uh, their very short description of this episode is, after a woman passes away in her sleep, her husband proves to be a very demanding client. Sure. Which, you know, like leaves out some stuff, but it's all right. The plot of the main characters. Yes. (laughs) Well, it is is a sort of slow plot episode. Not a lot really 
happens mm-hmm. in this episode, which is, I mean, I, st- I like the episode a lot. It's it, it doesn't move anybody forward a lot. Can I tell you the wild conspiracy theory I have about this episode? Yes. I don't know, I don't know if now is the time or at the end, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, now. So basically, you know how in like every previous episode we've seen like the dead person has usually interacted mm-hmm. with people? Yes. Mrs. Jones never interacts with anybody. However, Mr. Jones has like a moment with like every single character on the show. Uh-huh. So, and then at the end, he's dead. My theory is what if he was a ghost the whole time? Uh, I like conspiracy theories, so I'd like to go along with it. Wait, does, does her, I'm just trying to piece it together. Does, does uh, the dead lady, Hattie, does her not interacting with anybody play a part in that? Or that he's the real corpse? Well, it's just, it's notable <laughs> that we never see her. We don't ever see That's her true. alive. We don't even see her. Every other episode we've seen like yeah. the ghost of somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've seen them interact. Oh yeah, I guess that's true. We don't even see her alive. We just oh, see no, her. Oh no, wait, we don't see the ghost of that guy who got caught in the bread mixer. Oh, that's true. <laughs> um, So we open the episode with the conspiracy of, <laughs> of, uh, an old uh, we're in an airy bedroom uh there's an older black man is getting out of bed for the day he teases the woman in the bed next to him and calls her bitch yeah I, but lovingly I, <laughs> lovingly I question mark i don't know with affection he calls someone else a bitch later in the episode yeah. i feel like it's his form of affection you know if i'm being generous towards him he's very grumpy so i'm Quite guessing grumpy. he was probably grumpy when they were when she was alive. That's true. I hope she was grumpy right back at him. Me too. I do too. I, mean, I think I would have liked um, Hattie, Mildred Hattie Effinger Jones, who we, well, we we find out that she has uh, died in her sleep. She was born in 1922 and she died in 2001. It's a good long life. R.I.P. Mm. Um, this is our first natural death. Yeah. It's not. It's the first, um, and I, I can't really think of that many natural deaths on Six Feet Under. No, there I feel aren't like most any. of them are like, what is like the weirdest situation? Yeah. Yeah. Or like, how can we trick you into thinking this person's going, but it's this? Yes, yeah. totally. happened a lot. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Jones, by the way, played by Bill Cobbs, who I was trying to figure out why he looks familiar. He was uh, Del Paxton in That Thing You Do, one of my favorite <gasps> movies from the 90s. I love that movie. Yeah. Oh, my God. I served Tom Everett Scott when I worked at Starbucks when I was oh in God. college. <laughs> and was I he truly, amazing? He's so handsome. Um, so in this next scene, uh, Nate is reading Charlotte Light and Dark. Uh, he's over at Brenda's, and she's complaining about a client. And she's wearing that red Gap hoodie again. <laughs> And There's okay. A lot of people wear red in this episode. It is oh. later commented on. Brenda wears red a lot, like a lot in this. Episode. Brenda wears red a lot. Uh, Claire wears red. Billy wears red, and Ruth wears red. Oh yeah, Ruth has her her beautiful red blouse on that uh, means she wants sex. Yes. Yeah, I remember he made that comment. All these characters want sex. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> but is this the first episode where we don't see Nate and Brenda have sex? I think it might be. I truly feel we've seen them either have sex or like right after or before sex mm-hmm. in every episode. Nate is really off on his own for most of this episode. Yeah, that's true. I, I had a good Nate episode. I had a good Nate episode too. I feel like he was he was very mature. Um, in this in this scene at the beginning, Nate's hair does look like he's in Blink-182, <laughs> which really <laughs> doesn't help him in the... Not that it's a competition with Billy, but uh, he's not winning. <laughs> so... Anyway, so Nate is 
he's reading Charlotte Light and Dark. He says he's at the part with the doll. And then we get that amazing archival footage (laughs) of Brenda being interviewed by the doctor and saying her doll was raped, which is really, I love the Charlotte Light and Dark stuff so (laughs) much. The doctor says by who? And she says by you. (laughs) That little Brenda actress is very intense. I know she's on point. Um, She's got some very intense bangs. I like it. I think a lot of this episode is kind of for Brenda is about how she's both kind of like drawn to and repulsed by her past and mm. by like the image people have of her. Yeah. I think this episode is like a, a big, like not a big turning point, but a little turning point for Brenda where we we're starting to see past her sort of like, I'm just going to like pop, um, you know, therapize you every yeah. episode into more being like, Oh, this is, these are like the chinks in her armor. Well, that brother. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest, I don't remember how much you see of him in the previous episode, but... I mean, you you see a lot of his body. <laughs> oh, okay. But, like... No, you see him for, like, a scene. Oh, you see him yeah. for a scene. Like, I, 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 to me, I was already, like... I still remember the first time I saw him. I mean, watching this episode for the first time and just being like, oh, can't trust him. <laughs> yeah, he and, plays unstable, but... I mean, super charismatic Mm -hmm. so well. Yeah. And even in that first scene, Brenda looks so like clearly like we've had this conversation before and just like he knows just how to cut her. He's super manipulative. Well, it's her parents say in a previous episode, I can't remember if it's the last episode or four when they meet Nate, they like they talk about Brenda being manipulative and you're like, (laughs) Billy, she doesn't got anything on Billy. (laughs) I know. Or, Or on her parents for that matter. Yes, that's true. In the next scene, we've got David and Ruth in the kitchen, and Ruth is just staring into the heart of an empty saucepan. Um, and you don't find out what this is about till later, but she's really just committed to she's that saucepan. Beautiful, beautiful Frances Conroy. Yes. I always think she's like about to snap, but in that case, she didn't. She was just lost because she's had some pretty epic, like, yeah, oh, I've yeah. had enough. She's had some good snaps. Yeah. I feel like she has mostly one snap an episode. So then in the next scene, Nate is picking up the hearse from an oil change. Is is now the time to tell you that I have been in a hearse before? Yes. Always is the time yes. to tell us okay. that. Okay. This is like, when is this ever a reason to bring this up? I went with a friend to visit her friends from college in San Francisco a long time ago. And her one of her friends, these were like all art school punks, because her friend bought a used hearse off of Craigslist. Oh. And picked us up at the BART station in the hearse. Oh, my God. And then I, I was like, okay, I'm not going to have fun this weekend because I am not at the same level as these people. And then we wow. drove like we drove to a party in the hearse. Like I had to sit in the back. And there's like no seatbelt because oh, it's like I'm not a dead body. Yeah. <laughs> were there like some sort of strap, like coffin straps? There were no straps. It was just oh. like, I mean, if there had been an accident, like I would have just been just flip-flopping around in it. Oh, man. Anyway, it's a really incredible way to really watch your life just, you know, flash before your eyes. Because when they were driving the hearse, this this truly happened. They we were driving to a party and her friends would drink and drive. So they he was drinking like whatever Natty Ice is in California. I don't know. (laughs) Whatever the equivalent of like piss in a can is. And he was drinking it. And then the car like broke down. But I but before that happened, I was oh like, Oh my god. What if I die in the hearse? What if I die in the hearse? Is that irony? I still don't know. If anyone wants proof 
I have the photo is on Facebook of me in the hearse. That I, is, so. I know exactly. We could put this in the episode notes. I'd love to. I'm happy episode, to, yeah. to give it to you. So anyway, <laughs> Nate is picking up this hearse. He makes some small talk with the mechanic, and the mechanic says that the Fishers don't pay for work because Nate Senior buried the mechanic's brother for free. And yeah, and so this is the beginning of Nate sort of realizing that his father had this whole barter system that he did detective with nate detective nate <laughs> when he has that he has that ledger later and you're like you got it buddy oh my god the stars mean something i just want him to wear like a little like sherlock holmes like a deer stalker so <laughs> then we go back to ruth still staring at that pan how long has she oh, been staring man. as claire leaves first enters and just leaves her school i mean it seems like at least 45 minutes probably i mean it might be meditative i don't know um, and then in the next scene, we see David doing intake with um, Mr. Jones for Hattie. Coming in hot, Mr. Jones. Yeah. Mr. Jones does not do things by halves. No. He's grumpy. He's a very grumpy man. Yeah. And David, I thought David was so lovely in this intake. He's just like, you know, do you want to be buried next to your wife? And Mr. Jones starts ranting about how David's taking advantage of him because he's old and then they have like a little back and forth about embalming and David takes us through what happens to a body that is an embalmed yeah which is has the phrase skin separating which Ooh, gonna yeah. gonna yeah. take a pass on that so next we're in the embalming room with detective Nate uh <laughs> Nate finds a secret ledger exclamation yes. point yeah secret ledger with he sees his dad's records um of you know things like places where it, it just says the funeral's paid for mm-hmm. and so nate kind of i guess takes these things down and is like i'm gonna go shake some cages let's go to work <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and so in the next scene david and ruth are leaving church and so tracy blair come like kind of rolls up and starts talking about david's fiance and where are they gonna meet david's fiance and david like kind of pushes her away and says that uh, he and Jennifer broke up. Yeah, I don't think he even uses her name. Oh, yeah. He says, like, my you know, my ex and I broke up, and it's a really sore subject and kind of gets her away from Well, he's, he sort of gets trapped in a corner because, you know, she says, oh, I'm so excited to meet David's fiancé, and Ruth says, what fiancé? And then he's like, <laughs> oh, we broke up, remember? Yeah. <laughs> and his lies are just falling apart. It's very, my girlfriend who lives in Canada. I feel like with my parents, I could sort of be like, you remember my fiance and sort of give them a look that's like, I don't want to talk to this person, but David can't do that with Ruth no. will not get it. She'll be like, what? I don't know. Like, she'd be like, so why obtuse. are you winking at me? son? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. He's so repressed and like all of his movements feel so restricted. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. he just looks like, you know, if you tried to give him a massage, he's just like the stiffest person and like his hair like looks like it hurts. Like it's yeah. at some <laughs> yeah. point it feels like it's like gelled back and he's just he just looks like he's going to snap at any moment. Oh, it's yeah. very good physical acting. Yeah, he's he's such a great actor. And I mean, this episode is, you know, he's he and uh, Keith broke up in the last episode. Yeah. So he's just like, all right, time to like zip up this already way zipped up thing that I am. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, um, he is not grieving at all. No, we he's can say. just he's just holding it all in. And I bet it's going to explode at some point. Um, and so then Hiram also rolls up. <laughs> Oh, that's Do you have name. any Hiram thoughts? Ed Begley Jr.? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Most of the stuff that I've seen him in has been, like, funny. Like, he plays yeah. himself on Curb. Uh, and he's in all the Christopher Guest stuff. Yeah, he plays himself on the Larry Sanders show, which I've also seen a lot of. Uh, and, and Christopher Guest. So, yeah, I, I always think, like, there's a one-liner ahead. 
but there yeah. isn't. And it's like, it's weird because I'm trying to separate him from being like goofy to like, you know, sex guy for yeah. women. Like it's, yeah, <laughs> sex guy for woman. Good old sex guy for woman. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, Allison, our producer Allison, does not care for Ed Begley Jr. Oh. Um, and I, I, have, I have gone on the record saying that if I had to choose, I would uh, sleep with Richard Jenkins. Of anyone on the show, or of no, the, all no. of Ruth's? No, of Ruth's of the of the Ruth paramours yeah. that we have met so far. I'm with you. I'm oh wait, well, okay, okay. Fuck Mary, kill uh, Nate Senior, Hiram, and Nikolai. I I would kill Nikolai because to me that the kind of behavior she like you know the way she's acting around him, he still takes all of this to mean she's interested. Yeah, not which annoyed into, yeah. me. So I'd want to slap him too. So I'd kill him. I would. Uh, oh no I would want to marry I'd probably marry Richard well I don't know if actually was he a bad husband okay maybe yeah. I'd marry Hiram and then I would sleep with uh, yeah. Richard Jenkins I yeah. agree I think this is yeah. the only correct answer yeah. I a different answer I, I I don't know if I do but I do want to I do just want to throw out that um when you watch the episodes on Amazon you can like kind of like run your uh, mouse over or your pointer over the side and you'll see they'll show each actor who's in a scene and their headshot and Ed O'Ross who plays Nikolai has a smoke show of a headshot. What? It is a it's 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 him when he's younger but it is fine and also his fun fact on Amazon was that he was like a boxer. I'm just saying. He has a boxer's nose um, for sure. So I would say I probably would I don't know. I actually, yeah, even though being married to Hiram seems maybe a little boring, I would definitely sleep with Nate Sr. Yeah. A.K.A. Richard Jenkins. Of course. Um, but it would be tough for me. to. I mean, it'd be killing a very beautiful man <laughs> with Nikolai. Um, so anyway, <laughs> um, Hiram is here. Um, I wrote, I know Allison is excited. Um <laughs> He and Ruth have some like tortured glances, and David is a real big jerk to him. He's like, yeah. "Oh, you're the hairdresser." It's cold. David is so mean about Ruth's infidelity. Yeah, it I really guess sucks. I don't know the Fisher kids' point of view on their parents' marriage, and that's part mm-hmm. of what this episode is, at least with like Nate and David a little bit. Yeah, I'm curious, and maybe we don't even need to know, but like, I'm curious: is David like the great love story between my parents was interrupted, or is he just like? I believe in rules and you don't cheat on your husband. It doesn't matter if you're maybe miserable or like sad. I think it's more of an, I believe in rules thing. Yeah. So it's probably protective of her. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Maybe. Mm-hmm. And also like very intertraditional gender roles in like a way yeah. that is very retrograde, especially considering that he's a gay man. Yeah. So in this next scene, um, the old man, no, it's Mr. Jones, uh, shows up. Claire is the only one who's home ever, you know, they're at church. Nate is, uh, encyclopedia browning his way around <laughs> Los Angeles. Um, Mr. Jones is super rude and says he needs to see his wife and calls Claire a bitch I when know. she won't let him in. He has to stop doing this. He's he's really rough on the yeah. Fishers. Yeah, he's very aggressive. Well, uh, aggressive to a point. It was I didn't fully remember how he gets into the house, and I was like, oh man, is he going to push her out of the way? And then he just starts like yelling. He's like, this white woman's pushing me. <laughs> yeah. I did kind of like that. <laughs> that was, that was kind of great. He's like, push, she's pushing an old man or something like that. Yeah, no, it was pretty good. <laughs> and then some time has passed, and, and Brenda comes into uh, the Fisher household. Wearing to me this this leather coat is like what like a vampire would wear. It's a duster. Yeah. And it's shiny. Yeah. It's like a coated leather duster 
she's wearing flooded khakis from the Gap swing ads, as we have <laughs> talked about before. Um, and she's wearing a yoga instructor crop top and like off-brand Converse. They're not real Converse. I Four hate- great tastes to go great together. <laughs> it's really, a, it's a real crime. And it's, I just don't, and it's Sunday. This is her like going out and buying an armoire outfit. This is, it's so awful. But so anyway, Brenda shows up and she wants, uh, she wants help with an, with a chest of drawers she just bought, I guess, at like a Sunday morning flea market and she finds Claire with Mr. Jones on the like I guess they're in the viewing room yeah Yeah. but they're like on the couch and this and Mr. Jones has fallen asleep like on Claire's shoulder like holding her hand it's a little weird it is oh it's very weird they're very close to each other I I know it's funnier that we come upon them in this position but I would have liked to see how they got into that me too so she, Hattie was born in 19, so she was 79 when she died. Mm-hmm. So he's like 80, yeah. 79, 80. And they were married, for, did he say like 53? 53 years. years. Yeah. That's so long. It's it's hard, man. It would be hard. It's hard to I mean, fathom. I say this like I have I have lost my husband to 53 years. I have not. <laughs> I don't have a husband. Um, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I like I, I forgive him a lot because of like you know he's suddenly alone after not being alone for his whole life yeah, yeah there's yeah. no one around him if they have children the children are not helping yeah maybe he has a, some estranged children because he's uh, extra but um he doesn't seem to have anybody who's helping him not that he would maybe accept that help mm-hmm. but there doesn't there's no sort of like child or relate relative or sibling of either he or his lay wife I could see him being estranged and even just how defensive he got before about like I want to see my wife I could picture him being like I don't need your help son or daughter that's true yeah I just have a brief question if he's a ghost how did Hattie's corpse get to the funeral home? This is the one of the parts where this my spanner in the works apart. here. But I'm like, maybe he died at one point, like in the funeral home. I don't know. Oh. Or maybe he's in like some kind of liminal Interest. place. Maybe he died with Claire. Oh. But what about when he says you need to get laid? To like, yeah. this feels like advice to the to to the mom. The ghosts always give advice. Though. Right. So now I am curious what, yeah. at what point, because I feel like he gives advice to everyone. Especially that part, the way it's filmed, he's like sort of in the background and, and kind of fuzzy. Yeah. And it, exactly. it reminds me of the way that they hmm. film Nate Sr., who is a ghost. Yeah. So just saying. This is gaining traction with me. Yeah. Yes. I'll, I'll allow it. Me too. Join the bandwagon. So Claire says she's going to go help Brenda move this chest that she just bought since Nate is MIA. And Brenda is not into it. Very she, not she into it. She doesn't want to babysit a high school girl. Um, and this sort of, in the in the dinner scene, Claire, in a previous episode, Claire is very interested in being buddies with Brenda. So mm-hmm. I like that they've sort of like kept that impulse going with this. Me too. I like I like the, the Brenda-Claire evolving dynamic. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, Brenda hangs out with Mr. Jones, um, who, you know, says we're born alone and die alone, just, just as a chill conversation starter. Would you say that Mr. Jones and me tell each other fairy tales? <laughs> Is that a line from the Adam Durrett song? <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> so in the next scene... Nate is wearing suit pants and a giant button-down shirt to investigate his dad's ledger. His outfit is also insane. It's very baggy. It looks like he, like, shrunk or something. (laughs) 
he's in a gardening center and he's finding a lady named Jessica Wilcox that he found in the secret ledger. And uh, and she's sort of a hippie type. And they're talking about his dad and he's asking, you know, what happened, like how she knows him. And she says that... Uh, she she says that Nate Senior was a kook. To which Nate is like, "What do we? Are we talking about the same guy?" <laughs> and then when she realizes that um, that Nate is his son, she says, "Oh, he was really proud of you. He talked about you all the time." And and Nate says, "Oh, you must be thinking of David." Yeah. And she says, "No, he was proud of you. He was proud of you for leaving, for getting out of the business," yeah. which kind of blows Nate's mind. So this lady has uh, Nate Senior's weed. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the is the thing that we find out is that she in return for, I believe he buried her mother, she supplies him with weed. Um, Nate seems very scandalized for someone who grew up in California. I mean, right. I know this is almost 20 years ago, but mm. I don't think that it would have been like, <gasps> weed, I guess it's more that his father. I think it's yeah. more that his father. It. Yeah, I, I think too. Nate smokes weed. But I would feel oh, yeah. the same way, like, a, like if I found out my mom like oh. I'd be like what like oh, it would, I wouldn't I'd feel like that at all full like identity <laughs> she also crisis. says it's his monthly supply and gives him an enormous amount of weed <laughs> so much weed which maybe that's what he's scandalized by is oh like, yeah. sure, sure like that is so much weed to go through in a I month. guess I didn't clock clock that well when you're well I mean you know we'll get to it but when you're in your room you just gotta smoke your weed it's true so in this next scene David is helping at the food pantry at the church I guess it's the same day and he has stayed around because the food pantry is later in the afternoon. And Tracy Blair is there and she is racist about Brazilian people. <laughs> yeah, real, real racist. <laughs> and it's very oh, upsetting. Man. Yeah. It's tough because you do feel bad for her, mm-hmm. but you're also just like, yikes, I wouldn't want to be around this person. She calls Brazilians fabulous mongrels. Yes, it's terrible. It's- well, I guess it makes it a lot easier to feel less bad for yes, her. Yes, that's, that's true. true. <laughs> that is true. Um. Uh, Hiram is back and wants David's help, like getting in touch with Ruth, which is not a good audience for this request. No, I think even if David wasn't such an extra dick about this, I think that would be like a very inappropriate thing to ask. Yeah, it's weird. Do you think Nate would? I think Nate would do it. Nate would totally do it. Nate would insert. He'd be like, "Mm, I get to insert myself in this. Yeah, Nate would be like, oh, does somebody need me as an emotional go-between? Yes, totally. Um. And then speaking of Nate, he shows up at an Indian restaurant, uh, and uh, it's another secret. Uh, And uh, Nate Sr. had a room over this Indian restaurant. It was said he buried the owner's wife, Mm -hmm. and the owner was super young. I know. I was like, what happened? Seven years ago, they said. Jeez. Um, I love this room. I do too. I like when I, I like think of room. Six Feet Under. I, this is one of the first things I think of. Yeah. is like is like Nate Senior's weird room. And my my favorite scene in this episode is in that room. <gasps> the the I room love montage. The montage. Yes. It's a great scene. So good. Oh, it's it's a great scene. And he, like the escalating sort yeah. of like he's just hanging and then he's dancing then he's hanging out with hell's angels then he's getting a blowjob from a sex worker and then he's snipering people which i really love it's full like lee harvey oswald out the window it's so yeah it's so great and it's oh did you you're you're good with the music what's what's this I music was about to say this is uh, ted nugent's journey to the center of the oh mind God, it's, ted nugent. it's ted nugent that song really fit it I mean, really I don't know much right. about Ted Nugent, but yeah. It's good for like smoking and like yeah. being an unknowable father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, this is like, I mean, this is, I feel like this is like sort of getting to the core of, of what the episode is about, which is like, you can't really ever know other people. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. Nate is sort of like, 
I want to know, you know, I want to know you, I want to know you. And, you know, obviously he's dead, but also like, even if he knew all this stuff and could go back in time, you couldn't ever ask enough questions Mm -hmm. of your parents or of anybody to fully understand who they were. It's just not possible. Mm -hmm. Richard Jenkins dancing. Like oh, Richard Jenkins oh like crazy leggy dancing. Fuck Mary oh, Kill. Hell yeah. I thought of you in that moment and oh, your, your Richard Jenkins feelings. He moves very well. <laughs> he, he moves great. We all but we all you know, we all we all chose him as our as our sex god. I don't <laughs> know if he looked like young, although you do get to see I don't know if those are fake pictures of him, but I think he oh, was yeah. handsome. In this in the next scene, um Nikolai is here. Have we met Nikolai before? This is our first time. No, this is our first time. Played by the aforementioned Edo Ross, who has a very good headshot. Nikolai is a is a florist, and he's one of the few suppliers who has stuck with um, Fisher and Sons after Kroner tried to like buy out all their suppliers. I guess the Kroner thing just went away. I think it comes back. I think it's just not featured in this episode, which yeah. is fine by me because it's kind of boring. So he tells Ruth that uh, she has elegant skin, which is true. But she doesn't uh, did not solicit this and didn't doesn't like it. Yeah, so. yeah, it he, is creepy. He comes, on, he comes on a little strong. Yeah, absolutely. I it feels like he has decided that the period of mourning is over. Mm-hmm. Like that she must be over her dead husband now, and it's time to time his time to shine. Yeah, um, she just weird. gives no. She gives no indication that she likes no. any of this. No. no, none of it. And yeah, in, in, like when later when Mr. Jones is like, "You need to get laid." That is not a vibe I'm getting from Ruth. Not to say, I mean, she's always tightly wound, so yes. maybe it's maybe it's. I'm just not that. getting a vibe for that specifically toward Nicola. No, not at all. Well, I was glad to see how it turned out because yes. to me, it would have really bummed me out to see like, oh, his creepy behavior. He was paid right. off. Yeah. In the next scene, we see uh, Brenda and Claire in uh, Brenda's apartment moving the the antique chest. Yes. And Claire sees Charlotte Light and Dark sitting on uh, the table and is like, oh, I read this book when I was younger and me and my friends thought it was like super crazy. And, you know, it's like this basically a cult phenomenon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Claire says that she's in therapy because of the foot and I would not call what she's in therapy oh the guidance counselor yeah the guidance yeah. counselor who goes to five other schools that is not therapy that is I assume a half an hour with a very flustered guidance counselor who doesn't it's actually work there close as any of the fishers get sure. to therapy that's probably the only thing she's experienced it's close to therapy that's true yeah. and yeah and Claire is basically like you know like oh that book is about this you know this strange person who I definitely don't know who that is. And Brenda doesn't say it's her. Mm. But then, mm. then Billy walks in. Billy walks in and he Ooh. looking fine. Is glistening. And I saw, I saw him. I, Jeremy's like in Clueless. And I know he was playing a jerk. But I really think it's not just that he's good looking. Like it was definitely like a, a vibe. Yes. That was he's like, magnetic. So far on the show, he's making an entrance every time. Yeah. He's like, it's a very diva so thing. He's wearing, he's wearing like a wetsuit and like a, like half a wetsuit and then like a, like a t-shirt. And he's like, Oh, I was just surfing all day, which like, it should be douchey, but it's not. No, it's amazing. Because he's so hot. And I when don't you know. and like, if anyone else had sat that close to me on a coffee table, like I could picture being like a teen girl, somebody like that, like sat so relatable. Yeah, Claire immediately has a sexual awakening. Of like, course, immediately. I had these experiences when I was a teenager where, like, like older guys would pay attention to me, and like not even that much, not even as much older as Billy, and I would just be like. 
oh my gosh, like that power dynamic is so palpable. And oh my God, if you look like Jeremy Sisto, Mm -hmm. what is anybody supposed to do? Um, And so Billy is like very, very flirty with Claire. And also reveals that Brenda (laughs) is Charlotte. Right. Charlotte Which is already like, you can tell that everything he is doing with Claire is for the audience of Brenda. Right. 100%. Like as soon as as he hears that that Claire is Nate's sister, he's like, like his radar goes toward her because he's like, how, this is how I can like get to Brenda. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And it's, and Brenda is very like, she does not like this. And she, and she knows exactly, I mean, like it's clear she knows exactly what's happening and, and really sees sees through everything that's happening with him i but i will say also claire looks so pretty in this scene she does oh my god i love her and they're like they're like sharing a beer it's very he moves fast he like wipes the beer off of her mouth oh boy um in the next scene nate fantasy smokes weed with his father (laughs) with the ghost of his dead father um and uh his uh, and nate senior talks about kind of how he came into possession of the room which was that somebody told him he looked like he was going to kill himself. It's a little weird. And that, and that, um, that song spooky by the classic four is playing. Oh, yes. It's all just stuff that signals like somebody who was kind of cool in the seventies, but kind of basic. Cool. What a secret room. Just seemed fun. Right. But yeah. So Nate, Nate senior tells Nate that, um, one of the perks of being dead is that he's a prophet now. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is like, this is just an, an iconic Six Feet Under dream sequence. Yes. This is a very good dream sequence. It's great. And then we get this iconic line. Life is wasted on the living. Yeah. Which is just, you know, that's that's like Six Feet Under mission statement right there. We were not supposed to know what he whispers to Nate, right? No. because So Nate. Uh, I don't know if Nate knows. Nate asks what the meaning tell. of life is. And, and oh, he yeah. says, do you really want to know? And, and Nate says, I don't know. Will it fuck me up if I do? And then uh, Nate Sr. starts whispering in his ear and he wakes up, which is like such a good dream moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's really great. So then Nate wakes up from this dream in the, he's in the room. He's falling asleep in the room. Um, Nate can fall asleep anywhere. He can fall asleep in that weird old abandoned house. Uh, He can fall asleep here. So it's night. I guess it's still Sunday. This is the longest day in the history of mankind. Ruth is cleaning up the cabinets in the kitchen. She's still conmarrying. She's, she's she, totally conmarrying. She really con uh, was ahead of ahead of her time. That that sweet sweet Thomas Newman music kicks oh, right yeah. in, and I'm it's catnap. I love she, it. She she finds what I wrote in my notes is a jar of emotions. <laughs> it's a metaphor jar. Yeah, that's what you're, uh, you're in the back you're of the cabinet. For? It's a jar of Thomas Newman music. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I would believe that if you opened it, just it got louder in there. So in this next scene I wrote, Tracy has a big boner for David still. Um, she, I mean, she's like starts using Viagra metaphors. Like very, she's not so aggressive. This scene yeah. is upset. I find this scene so upsetting. Like just the way that she talks to him is crazy. They're both just bad. Yeah. yeah. It's so. Both it at is, their worst. Like the both of them. Yeah. It, for sure. She truly, I truly don't know how someone could be this not self-aware but I do know people who are not self-aware so it's actually quite accurate um I don't know how long they've been serving the church they've been serving the people I mean it's night now it's night um and then Claire and Billy are making out okay but this so it is the same day because Billy drove Claire home yeah and it's a very hot makeout scene Mm -hmm. um 
There's so I looked this up because it is creepy because she's supposed to be 16. And yeah. he's, he's like 25. In real life, there's only a three year age difference. Okay, right. him, which makes it less creepy in life, but still creepy in the show. This storyline is so painful. <laughs> I just don't want to reiterate that. Um, and Claire really tries to be tough in this scene and be like, I'm not going to take any shit from men anymore. You can't just fuck me and leave me and blah, blah, blah. And she tells Billy she's going to kick his ass if he uses her for sex. But she's, like, so vulnerable. She's so transparently just, like, I'm a teenager talking big, but really, like, my big open heart is just, like, bleeding on the floor for you. Yeah. And Billy's like, no, I would never do that. And it's very awful. Oh, he knows. He knows. As she's saying it. Oh, he's yeah. Like, I'm in total control of Billy's this. evil. Oh, yeah. yeah for I sure. mean, he's amazing, but he's evil. Yeah. Um, and then I wrote... In this next scene, David is sad driving his weird white van by a gay bar. <laughs> <laughs> With like some real like unce unce music. He's he's basically driving by Babylon from Queer as Folk. I think the first man David slept with must have been Keith. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I assume he slept with Jennifer and maybe other women. But mm-hmm. um, so, and he's he hasn't had the sort of like going to the club i'm so old but like he hasn't had the like going to the club gay experience no they met they met in church yeah it's a very david specific experience. so he like doesn't know where to meet people it feels like yeah um but he so he drives he looks like upset driving by that club so i can't tell if he's like upset because he's repressed or he's upset because he's like Ugh, i have to go to a club which is how i would feel <laughs> i was getting a dexter a dexter i've never even seen dexter but i like him in that van it, it, he could have been a murderer. When he he's wasn't. Just glaring. He just looked so like awkward. Yeah, he yeah. just looks upset and, and annoyed. And yeah, yeah, yeah. so it, no, totally. D- I mean, David's sadness looks like murder right now. For sure, for sure. Yeah. And then um, uh, Mr. Jones is talking with Rico. Over he's really Patty's just sassing body. every person in this house. He's yeah. just like has words of me and wisdom bestow <laughs> mm-hmm. on everybody. Um, it's yeah, Taddy's body in um, in her coffin, and it looks very like more so than another episode. It looks like a dead body. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and Mr. Jones is mad. He says, "What did you do to her? That's not my wife." He says to Rico, "He's like, are you married? Like your wife's gonna die one day, and you know, d- pulling all this stuff." And Rico, who's like, "Mr. Death is fun," is just like, "Yeah, I know." He says something like. I'm not thinking about it yet or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Which is like, true. that is a good response. Yeah, yeah. totally. There, there was one line in that scene that I feel like had some layers to it, which was like at the very end, he like says to Rico, like, you don't know shit uh, about love or something. And he's like, you know, a, it, it like a person that loves you is like, you shit in the movie theater and they're the only person that's going to clean it up. Like that's love. Yeah. I think that's like the last thing he says. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's very it's very sad, yeah. like in a really existential pit kind of way. Yeah, yeah. And it is the f- first thing I feel like Mr. Jones says that isn't that isn't sort of like at somebody right. mm-hmm. where it's like he's reflecting on it. Yeah. Where yeah. he's not like, I've got wisdom and you're going to hear it, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's much more contemplative. And I I I really love Rico in this scene actually. Like he has like a calmness about him that I really appreciate. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, me too. And the next scene, Nate has brought Brenda to the room. And Nate sort of like wants Brenda to be like a manic pixie dream witch in this. This is scene. like my sort of heaven can Nate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, I'm, uh, I'm there too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where he's like, he's like, can you just like feel anything? Can you like intuit about the room? And Brenda says, what do you think? I'm a witch. Yeah. 
And to be fair to Brenda, Brenda has done a lot of like therapizing. She isn't like she's a little hippy dippy, but she's not like these crystals have this vibration. She has she's not that kind of Yeah. Like, Although she does do Reiki, but Oh, that's true. But yeah, her her interpretation of this room, because obviously Nate is bringing so much, like, what is this, what was it, and imagining all these wild scenarios. And her interpretation of this room is, you know, this is just probably a room where he wanted to, like, be alone. It yeah. doesn't have to be sad. Um, yeah. This is just a room, and, like, why, like, why can't you be at peace with that? Um, and, and Nate says, I don't want to be somebody who, when I die, nobody knows who I was. His response is, again, it's very self-absorbed. Yes. Yeah. Again. Yeah. It's very neat. Heaven. Yeah. Heaven can't neat. But Nate Senior also like lives where he works. Yeah. So he super needs this. It's a room mm. of one's own. Well, we get these, especially in this episode, and I think the word is even used at one point, we get these relics. Yeah. Um, we get like these these pieces of the past. Yeah, Ruth talks about relics. Yeah, yeah. Ruth talks about relics. And, um, and this room is obviously like, a, it's like a museum. To, I mean, the fact that there's like, they keep showing this glass that has like a lip mark on oh, it. Oh yeah, I love that. Yeah. And you're like, is that is that did he cheat? It well, yeah, it's sort of an open question because yeah. it's not lipstick, but the kind of the question is, is this my father's right. lip mark? Yeah. Is this somebody else's? Mm-hmm. Never know. But it's yeah. so personal. He's got records in there. He's got like a game of solitaire that's half finished. Um, so in the next scene, Ruth has her turn with Mr. Jones. Um, she comes in to find him holding his wife's hand and she's very sweet about it. And uh, and then uh, Nikolai comes in mm. to deliver flowers and um, and the kind of their flirting or rather one sided flirting comes. No, to yeah, head. she's mm-hmm. like, you need to stop eye fucking me. Essentially, I mean, uh, Ruth does not say eye fuck, but like she does say that he's giving her that sex look. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's what sex she's saying. Look. Yeah, uh-huh. that's what it is. Um, this is where she slaps Nikolai. Yeah, because yeah. he says maybe you like it. Ugh. Oh yeah, and then she slaps him. I don't think I've ever watched anyone slap another person. IRL? I can't think. IRL, I can't really think of any slapping that has taken place. You never slapped anyone? I don't think I... Have you slapped someone? I have. It was a guy at a party who was a lot taller than me. He said something very fresh. I know I sound like oh. a old... You sound like Ruth old. and I'm very into <laughs> he it. He was being fresh and I was like, I got on a chair yes. and I slapped him. Because he was like cool. over six feet tall and it was... One of the most thrilling moments of my life. That's amazing. He must have not realized what you were going to do because you had time to get on that chair. Well, I think similarly (laughs) to what happened with this guy in this episode, he was into it, you know? Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Like this guy in the episode, he like smiles and like... I'm glad Oof. I'm out of that phase. <laughs> be too. like, oh, be mean to them. But that's a good uh, Ruth Fisher brand power move. Oh, yeah. It was great. No regrets. And then after she slaps Nikolai... Uh, uh, old man Jones uh, slush shames her for wearing red. Yeah, mm-hmm. says lady wears red. She means business. I don't like, like these gender these gender roles. I know. I was thinking of he. He meant that as like, oh, don't piss off the lady in red. But no, but he says she needs to get laid. He he does. That's true. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I think he's saying like you're asking for it. You had a very much. charitable way of looking at that. And yeah. I think he is just being bad. And in the next scene, it is uh, Billy, oh. maximum creepitude. No. He's waiting outside Claire's school, like in a convertible, taking photos of her with oh. like a Zoom lens. But also if I were like 16 years old oh, and some yeah. hot guy was taking pictures of me in his convertible, I'd be like, I look cool right now. Also, oh, yeah. Claire needs a school win after everything that's happened with. I would totally, right? yeah, like I would be strolling to that car. She really. That's right. She's mm-hmm. had a rough time. 
uh, and she looks awesome. Um, and then they, in the next scene, they go to the funeral. Billy uh, is still taking Claire's picture as they walk into their house. Um, yeah. to the Fisher house which is clearly like why what Ugh. he wanted in the first place Jesus like he was he's like a hundred percent using Claire to Ugh. get into the inner sanctum to like to like basically just like find ways to like stab Nate from the inside he's just trying to yeah he just everything he's he's talking about her he's trying to get dirt on Nate it's so weird and then he and then he's, he takes a, a photo of him and Claire making out Ugh. like looking at the camera oh my god! is he holding her boob yes that was <laughs> a, right that was a power move yeah yeah it's a real... I mean that was insane like I... <laughs> he's he's gonna like put that up on Brenda's fridge with like a little macaroni frame oh <laughs> that's what that is for it's so upsetting he's gonna put it up on Nate's fridge oh yeah um and then he just like bounces yeah he just he, leaves he's like he's like someone remember me by and he's yeah he just i think that was like slithers out a of glitch or like him him getting angry because i think it was right after she said like i think nate's in love with <gasps> oh yeah that's right and he's like well, gotta go yeah like, the circuitry was yeah. disturbed man that boob picture thing i go back to it for one second because no, i feel do. like if things didn't go the way he wanted he can be like what i wasn't making a move on you this is this is for my art because that's the way he treats it yes yeah. they like kiss and he's like okay grab your boob i'm done like he's like this looks good yeah 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 totally yeah. a lot of men using their professions to creep on women right yeah. yeah so in this next scene david and rico are working late and david tells rico to go home to his family like rico has had a family to spite david <laughs> He hasn't like grieved this Keith relationship in no. any way, shape, or form. He's, he's just not so... letting. He's being real. I mean, he's being really mean to everyone around him, but he's being the meanest to himself. Yes, mm-hmm. which is always true of David. That is true. But so then he goes to this club that I would think this name is ridiculous, except I actually do know of a gay bar named Ramrod. <laughs> oh boy, there is a gay bar named Ramrod in Boston. So, David. Is this supposed to be like a tear? I don't know. I was interested if it was supposed to be like an awful bar or if it was just like. I don't think like, so. I think yeah. it's just your garden variety pickup bar. Yeah. Like he goes in he with an objective. Yeah. 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 He gets what he, you know, he gets what he came for. Um, next, uh, Nate finds Mr. Jones sleeping on their couch. Um, and Mr. Jones keeps saying like, that's my wife. Yeah, like he just doesn't want to leave her. He doesn't want to leave the place where she is because he doesn't know what the rest of his life is. And then that's when we get this story about they've been together for 56 years. They were only apart for one year after she after she chased him across the front yard with a steak knife. Mm Kind of wish I wish we'd gotten to meet Hattie. I know. And he says uh, something that I thought was really like beautiful and sad. He says that time when they were apart is like a hole in me now. Yeah, it's just like. mm. David goes home with a guy who is not over his ex-boyfriend and yep. has a picture of him up. Ooh. This hookup was very upsetting because this guy, the hookup guy is terrible. I wrote, you made a bad choice, David. Um, he is not over, he's not over his ex. He talks about the business. It's all bad. Um, and, and then David lies and says he's a lawyer from Boston, which is what David wants to be. Named Jim. <laughs> named Jim. Oh God, this guy just—I just really hate this. Yeah, they, I mean, guy. yeah, this guy doesn't stop talking about Hollywood and his ex, and then, uh, and then he um, goes down on David, mm-hmm. and then in the car afterwards, we see David, you know, having a feeling. I was not hoping about he was going to crack a smile, like, all right, I'm, but then no, he's no. sad. Yeah, he's sad. I mean, that's well, like, 
it's a very relatable thing the like sad one night stand and then uh and then we get Nikolai on the porch with Ruth um and Ruth apologizes Ugh. to him which I kind of wish she didn't because he was asking for it definitely he should be apologizing yeah mm-hmm. he just he's a real smirk fest in this episode and then she has a very beautiful monologue about the the relics of her life that no longer exist yeah and we find out what this this saucepan was that she just and this is such a ruth thing she's like i just remember one day when claire was a baby and i was making creamed corn in this saucepan yeah and i'm like what what a ruth specific kind of proustian memory to have <laughs> And then we find out that the uh, the jar of Thomas Newman music was actually a, a 15-year-old jar of baby food. Oh, that was just back there. I, I related hard to that because sometimes we find – we found, like, old – because it's sort of like an apartment that has cycled through friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. So we found, like, cooking ch- – baking chocolate from, like, 2011. Oh, sure. Like, recent – like, we were just like, we never threw – and it was – I mean, nothing happens to – powdered baking chocolate but we're just like this is fucked up yep, yep. <laughs> um, so so ruth ruth you know talks about this and then um uh ruth says more life and kisses nikolai mm-hmm. um and is sending some mixed signals but that's okay it's a lady's yeah. prerogative sure yeah and oh and then of course like while they're kissing uh people are coming for uh yes the i guess both no, I'm sorry. They're coming for, you know, the one Jones's funeral. Only one Jones is dead. <laughs> Shortly. <laughs> oh, boy. No, no spoilies here. Um, uh, so, oh, God, this next scene. Oh, it hurts. Oh, my God. It really hurts. Oh, Claire calls Billy on her cellular telephone from school, and uh, he pretends to not know who she is immediately. Mm-hmm. He rejects her and at- says, like, what do you think? I'm a pedophile. You're 16. That was insane. And then you see that like Brenda's in the room with him. And he's on their couch. He's sleeping on her couch. Is that gaslighting? The fact that they were clearly flirting. And, yes. And, oh, right. Yeah. Just checking. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. Yes. totally. And he's like, what? And You're her crazy. face is like, what? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure at the first time experiencing that as a teen, I'm. Ugh. what do you even do with that? You're like, what? Oh Maybe God. it was in my head. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think he's a. I think that he's attracted to her, but is like my long game of fucking with Nate is more important. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah he's yeah. got priorities. But Billy's Billy doesn't seem to have a. He's he's just going where the wind takes sure. him. I don't yep. think Billy's plan is is as well thought out as that. No, he's very chaotic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then uh, uh, in the next scene, um, Nate shows David the room. I don't like that he, I I understand why he brings David to the room. I think it's really, I think it's really nice of Nate. I think Nate is like, he's trying to be like, I want us, like, I didn't know our father. Yeah. And I, and it's too late for me to know our father, but I want to know you. Do you think he's just trying to get a reaction out of everyone? See, this is why, this is my thing with this is not that I don't, I think that Nate thinks that. Mm -hmm. I think that Nate's like, I'm just trying to get to know David. I want him to know this about our father, whatever. But I also think that he's a, a little, one, he's like, I found this thing. Aren't you proud of me? And he has to know how David will react. I mean, David reacts in the exact way you'd think David would react. I, I think Nate genuinely has good intentions here. I, I don't I don't think it was necessarily like it was bad intentions. Almost I feel like perhaps there, there would be something satisfying about watching other people feel some kind of emotion that yeah. he can't have because he's not as close right yeah not this more of like I wish I knew you better Mm -hmm. and I guess he also is like 
like David, he points it out. He's like, David worked with Nate senior every day. Yeah. And he's kind of like, does this, any of this ring a bell for you? Mm. Like, mm-hmm. is this, you're mm. the one who maybe knew him sort of the best. I think it must be upsetting to David that he's like, no, I didn't know about this at all. And I don't mm-hmm. care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. David says that Nate should like pack it up or they'll start getting charged rent. And so Nate starts to pack everything up and then he finds this photo album. This is a little strange because would you bring a photo album to your den of mild iniquity? Well, we don't know. That's the thing. We don't know if it was a den of iniquity. Mm. I, I mean, it has Ted Nugent and was weed. It storage? So. I don't know. Yeah, it just is like, it just, I understand why the Ruth pictures are there. Yes. I don't understand why the, the wholesome family photos. family photos are there. Maybe it's the only place where he can like have an emotion about things. That's true. Unobserved. Well, you know, when I thought about it, like in that way that like if Ruth ever walked in on Nate Sr. looking at a photo, she'd be like, let's look at the photos together. Like she'd make a big deal about it. So Mm -hmm. you're right. Like maybe he can kind of like enjoy things here where nobody is sort of like observing him enjoy things. I mean, I could even see Ruth having the opposite reaction and being like, being like, I don't know why you're wasting time doing that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, um, so we, we find some, uh, new nudish, photos of ruth ruth young ruth can get it is that an actual that really looks like francis conroy i don't think it is what if francis conroy was like yo props department you don't need to do anything (laughs) i mean my 20s were crazy (laughs) i almost appreciate that over often when i've seen in shows or movies like an old picture uh, that has been doctored, it's often very obvious. And then uh, his his dad's ghost appears to him one last time in the episode, and we sort of get to the crux of why Nate is so upset about this. He's like, I became an undertaker because I thought you wanted me to. Yeah. And then I found out that you were actually proud of me for leaving the business. And, you know, what does that mean? And um, and the and Nate Sr.'s ghost basically says to him, when are you going to stop caring what I think? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the way this scene is directed is really wonderful. Like Nate Sr. is sort of in these, he's sort of like in these different places very yeah. quickly. So you know that he's a ghost, but it also doesn't have like the weird, like the sort of like weirderness of a dream sequence. Yeah. Like it's a really smart mm-hmm. sort of uh, choices. Well, I like when Nate uh, asks him a question and he says, you know, something to the effect of like, well, obviously you don't know the answer because you never asked me or something. Yeah. And it's very like you are just reminded like, oh, Nate's talking to himself. Yes, a hundred percent. And I love how they bring that back. No, it's it's really great. Like the and we've talked about this in other episodes, but it's so palpable here that like anytime Nate Senior is talking to Nate, it is Nate talking to himself. So like when Nate says Nate Senior says, I'm proud of you. Yeah. It's Nate being like, My father was proud of me. Yep. I have to believe. Yep. And other people have said that Nate Senior was proud of him this episode so it's not coming out of nowhere but it's still him being like like soothing himself with that and like yeah. his father admiring him for leaving in the yeah. same way that when when nate senior appears to david he's extremely homophobic yep. because that's just david being extremely homophobic to himself yep. mm-hmm. um so brenda meets claire after school a different shadoweth rolls up on this uh high school you talked about gaslighting brenda is like you aren't crazy billy does this essentially yeah um and uh claire asks an age-old question of brenda is every man alive a total asshole (laughs) yep and and i think brenda basically says yeah but everyone's an asshole yeah i didn't super buy that because i I was like well only in this situation 
only one person uh, touched a 16-year-old's boob in a photo. I mean, right? like, let's, 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 yeah. not, let's not both sides this at this particular moment. And then they go off together, and I really want the, like, Brenda Claire buddy comedy. I like, love them together. Miniseries spinoff. It's good, well, right? Well, it's, it's especially now because it's, like, Claire's just so, you know, naive. Yeah. Still young. I think Claire is also desperate for a female role model. Yes. Yeah. She does not she doesn't have one and she doesn't have any female friends no yeah she's surrounded by by men and ruth and ruth is clearly like you know they have a complicated relationship but ruth is clearly like not who she's trying to model herself yeah after but if i were like a 16 year old to be like yes i totally want to hang out with like my brother's cool girlfriend yeah. who was Who's like the star of this book that i'm I know. obsessed yeah. with so then uh Nate and Ruth are in the kitchen. We see that Mr. Jones is sitting next to his wife. Um, so Nate gives Ruth the pictures um, and says he found them. I appreciate that Nate does not bring Ruth into the room, yes, BTW, because that was a very real possibility yeah. that Nate yeah. would do that. But he says he found them in like some old files or something. And she has the sweetest reaction. It is just her, like, the delight that she experiences. I mean, Ugh. again, Frances Conroy, incredible actress. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, this is my favorite scene in the episode. It's a great yeah. scene where she talks about like that they had to go to a hotel before Nate Senior went to Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And we also Ugh. hear about like that, um, you know, that the that Nate's father was an unhappy man. Yeah. He was like, and wanted everybody else to be unhappy yeah. too, is what she says. Like, imagine like just the the generations of Fishers making each other miserable. Yeah, totally. <laughs> And Ruth says that he 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 kept this these photos in his pocket when he was in Aww. Vietnam. And there's just there is a single tear oh, falling subtly down so Francis Conroy's face, and I cried. Oh, it's like a really beautiful moment for her to have like a night have like an uncomplicated nice memory. And of- I think this also brings this. I mean, this obviously does something for Nate, but it also does something for Ruth, and that it kind of clarifies to her like that it isn't wasn't all just resentment and that yeah. she still you know is a a person who is like is desired and has desire and that she deserves that mm-hmm. yeah now that i'm thinking about it perhaps her talking about that also made her be like all right i should go back to ed begley jr yeah for some yeah. sex <laughs> yeah so after this beautiful nostalgic moment nate goes to uh, kick mr jones out essentially or to you know at least see what he's up to and um mr jones has passed away yeah holding his wife's hand some family friends um of ours who are like a little older than my parents or who were who were in their 90s um a couple years ago the wife passed away and then three months later her husband passed away they were both like 92 they'd been married 70 years i feel like that's common it happens all the time yeah Yeah. it happens all the time that's the thing i mean it it, i was really surprised after she died that he made it three months like it was just how could you yeah Yeah. i think it happened with my great-grandparents too that it was just like months later so we have a little bit of a we have a little montage to close out this episode it's very it's a very different style than we've seen from the show so far yeah um, David watches a cop car from the the uh, church park. Is this where he sees the? Yeah, Keith this is alike? where he. This, this is, is where the he Keith sees alike. it. Yes. Ooh, okay. yeah. Brenda and Claire smoke weed on Brenda's porch, and then Ruth to close us out. Ruth shows mm. up at Hiram's. It's raining. Yeah, it's very romantic and kind of swoony for six feet under. Um, and uh, Hiram could not be happier. Yeah, he's very excited to see Ruth, and they uh, they kiss. 
I don't know about you guys, but I was worried that she was running to see Nikolai. Oh, me too. And I was, I was so too. glad it was yeah. Hiram. Yeah, I was so relieved. I yeah. was too, actually. So yeah, and that's uh, that that's closes us out. Um, oh, we we didn't tell you this part. We usually uh get we give the episode a grade, like a letter grade. Ooh. the end so you can yeah. i thought about mine a little i don't know i like this episode is actually gr- i i liked it but it's grown in my esteem as we've talked about it it's not a very plotty episode it doesn't really move the characters forward that much except for ruth i would say yeah but um but there's i mean there's some really beautiful stuff in this i'd give it give it a b plus this is i i tend to really like episodes of shows where nothing happens <laughs> no yeah that's good um <laughs> And I, I think I, I gravitated toward this one because nothing happened, and it was like very just thoughtful. Yeah, um, it's meditative. It's meditative, mm-hmm. meditative, it's and uh, we get just like a lot of really good Ruth, um, mm, which I always love. True. And uh, and I and th- that room, like I said, it, it sticks with me. Um, I think I'd give it uh, an A. Wow. Oh, okay, yeah. great. I would go solid B because yeah, there's definitely other episodes where like more happens yeah. that I you know stick with me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, solid B. Good Billy stuff in this episode. Good Billy too, stuff. Oh too. yeah. That also yeah. Yeah. But it's and a- the, and definitely that that montage scene I lo- with yes. uh, Richard Jenkins in the room. I loved that. That is it is it's fantastic. The dance. It's really good. Like it's just good everything. Good character. Good filmmaking. It's fun. It's yeah. great. Yeah. Um. Aniva, thank you for coming on. Yeah, it was thanks so, so much. To have you. Um, can you tell us the? Do you have social media handles for the the I'm Listening podcast? I think that's something that will happen. But in the meantime, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or your socials. I yeah. right. Yes. If you, for more, uh, th- there is another season coming out in the fall. Yeah, I'm listening. Nice. So follow me at Anita Jutina, A N I T A J E W T I N A, um, on Instagram and Twitter. There is also a Facebook page oh, called great. I'm Listening, a Frasier podcast. Great. I think that's what it's called. People should check that out. Yeah. Check it out. Um, it's definitely soothing, the show and the podcast. That's Thank true. you for having me. I always want an excuse to talk about a TV show that I love. For links to everything we talked about today and more information about us, visit our website at notoversfu.com. If you liked the show, please subscribe, tell a friend about it, and leave us a reading or a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. It helps people find the show. You can write to us at notoversfu at gmail.com or give us a shout on Twitter at notoversfu. We'd love to hear from you. You can find me, Jenna, at Second Husk. You can find me, Caroline, at Caroline V. McG. You can find our producer, Allison Cherry, at Allison underscore Cherry. That's one L in Allison. Our theme song was written by Matt Berger and Melissa Lusk. Our logo was designed by Caitlin Trishani. Until next time, be like Ruth and slap a sassy florist.